Welcome to the Underground Podcast, a weekly teaching from the 20 service at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. Stay tuned for ways to connect with our ministry following the message. So I was actually thinking about tabling our series after last week. I thought we got two good weeks on decision making. I was thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe we, we just wrap it up from there and we move on. And then this week I had a couple of different conversations with people um, that, weren't, that don't come here normally about decision making and walking them through things. And there were a few more things that came to my mind that we didn't cover yet. And then our team met on Tuesday and I, I threw out the idea of what I wanted to do. And they were like, no, you need to keep going. So I said, okay, well, y'all chose. So anyways, here we go. But remember, if you remember, we said this every week, you, you make as an individual roughly 35,000 decisions a day. So when we think about it like that, it makes sense. And by the way, in case you were wondering is that really true? Just think, of, just think for a moment when you get in your car, okay? You, you decided, am I gonna put my seatbelt on? Am I not? Am I gonna turn on music or am I gonna be weird? When I turn on music, what music am I gonna play? Am I gonna listen to that song or this song or that country song? And then you're gonna start your car and then you're gonna, am I gonna put my headlights on or am I gonna take them off? Am I gonna use my blinker or am I not? Am I gonna go this way or that way? And if I go this way, do I wanna go around or am I gonna go side? I mean, you can just imagine how instantly Decision after decision after decision are happening. So tonight what I want to do is I want to continue a little bit about big decisions and then I want to close down with just really one simple thought but that I think will be helpful in actually making little decisions because the truth is little decisions can be just as important as big decisions over time. One little decision here matched up with another little decision here and the next thing you know you could find yourself in trouble or you could find yourself in a great place. So that's where we're going to go tonight. Let's jump in. Now, I've said this every week, I'm gonna say it again, there's a disclaimer here, and that is this. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're missing a key principle in the decision-making process. Doesn't mean you're incapable of making decisions, but you are missing a key principle in making wise, and in particularly, godly decisions. Why would making a godly decision matter? Great question. Same verse, I've read it every week, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created you, put you on this earth to do something or some things. He's given a plan and a purpose for your life. As you walk with him, you will discover more and more of that plan and of that purpose. That being said, if God created you with a purpose for you to fulfill while you're here on the earth, the idea would be there really shouldn't be many decisions, if any, that you make away from him if he's the one that's got the ultimate plan for you. So without a relationship with Christ, you're missing not only some of the direction that comes with following him, but the ability to make wise decisions. So I just wanna to continue to say that every week. I think it's important. Now let's recap quickly what we've done. Each week we've tried to look at two key principles in making decisions. Two key principles in making decisions. Let's recap the first four we did. First, we wanna to determine to be led by God and nothing else. We wanna be determined in our decision-making process and in our lives to be led by God and nothing else. Second, we, if we're gonna be led by God, we need to learn how to recognize his voice, to recognize God's voice. Then last week we talked about line it up or knock it out. And what we were referencing there was that the Bible is a great tool for you and I as we're making decisions. If it doesn't line up with the things God's called us to do in the word, it's very easy to simply knock that off the option list because it's no longer relevant for you as a follower of Christ. And then finally we said, try it before you buy it. And it wasn't necessarily that you should go make a big decision and see how it turns out, but rather 
we take one small step at a time, one small step at a time, and as we move forward, we will sense the Lord continuing us to go or we'll sense the Lord telling us to stop. So that's where we've been, and today we're gonna look at two more. One I really wanted zero in on for the majority of our time, and it's the first one, and it is this. It's the most inspirational thing you're ever gonna hear. Are you ready? You don't know everything. Drop the mic. Brain exploded. You can all go home now. Some, for real, actually, some of you probably needed to hear that tonight and just like let that sink in because you're like, let me tell you something. I actually knew everything. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna be wrong. Listen, you and I, we are not that smart. It will be very wise for you and I to just embrace that today. Now, am I saying that you are worthless and capable of making any decision on your own? No, that's not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. But we tend to think in our culture today that we know a little bit more than we do. Or, oh, I turned 21, I don't need anybody else. I got this thing, bring on life, I'm ready, all right? And then you're broke and you're living on the street two years later. The truth is, contrary to what most people would like to think, we really don't know that much. And that's encouraging when you understand what comes next. And that is this, God has a solution for that. He has a solution. We've looked at a few of them, but I wanna show you another one. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. What is God's solution to the fact, not the idea, the fact that you and I just simply don't know everything? We just simply don't know how to always make the right decision. He gives us a solution, and what does he say? Listen, you're gonna need some wisdom and some experience that comes from other people. Now here's the problem, right off the bat. A lot of us will turn to people when we need something, but we're vacant from them in any other time, right? We'll run to that person we love and trust, but only when we need them, otherwise we're vacant. There's a problem with that. Here's the problem. If that person who you like to go to for your wise counsel doesn't know what's happening on the day-to-day or we'll just say month-to-month of your life, they're going to have a really hard time helping you decide where you're supposed to go or maybe what decision you're supposed to make because they haven't seen the full picture of your life. They don't know if you've been making wise decisions, which then set up this potentially great one, or if you've been making a bunch of terrible decisions, and this is going to be a Hail Mary to try to save you out of the mess that you found yourself in months ago. And so it's very important to know that God has put people in your life with wisdom and experience that does often equal age, but not always. But in that moment, before you can go any further dissecting that, you and I have got to remember that if we truly want wise counsel from people, we have to set those relationships up to relationships up to where those people know who we are. Right? Right? I think you're processing this still. That's okay. Let me give you an example. Stocky, come up here. We're winging it now. This is a hunky man right here. The right side really grease. Stocky comes up, he says, hey man, met a beautiful girl, loves the Lord, on fire, going to church, reads her Bible, is encouraging me, challenging me even at times. And he's pumped. Stop, my moment. (laughs) He's pumped. Here's the problem. I haven't talked to him in a year. Now the last time I saw him, 
He was a missionary, traveling the country, which he is, following the Lord, serving him with everything he has. And I would have said, man, you have found a girl. This is great. But something happened in the last year. This is hypothetical now. In the last year, Stocky started struggling with some stuff. In fact, he started struggling so much that it caused him to kind of veer away from his relationship with the Lord. And he's actually found himself in a place that's not very healthy. And for the sake of the girl, even though he's my friend, we're going to come back to this in a minute. For the sake of the girl, if I had known what was happening in the last year of his life, do you know what my wise counsel would be? No way, Jose. Let's hang on a second. Because we got some stuff we got to work on with you first. For you and for her. But... If I hadn't seen him in a year, and my last inclination of him was what he was a year ago, I would have said, this is awesome. You should go get married today. Maybe not today, nine months, okay? But nine months later, you should get married. And you know what's going to happen? Most likely, that path is going to continue to get muddied, and they're going to find themselves in trouble. See, I couldn't give him the right wise counsel because I did not realize what was happening in the last year of his life. Do you see what this means? Okay, you can be seated. Great job. Way to go. That was improv. Now listen, guys, this is important. This is important. Okay, this, this happened, by the way, with one of the conversations, which I'll never tell you any more about it, but one of the conversations I had this week where someone came to me for counsel, and I'm going, a little late. I really wish you, they're not in this room, don't worry. I wish you'd come sooner because I could have been way more helpful. Now we're really doing cleanup. All right, we're doing cleanup. We gotta go back to the beginning, but had I had a chance to walk with you, we could have shaved some of this off. We could have shaped some of this better. We might have been able to really take some steps forward, right? And so the reality is that's life, that happens, but I wanna encourage you. You need to be thinking about who are the people that I trust the most? Who are the people with wisdom and experience that I draw close to? I need to keep them close. I want them to know about me so that when I get to a place that's a major decision, especially one that might change the trajectory of my life, I'm going to someone that truly understands what's best for me. So what does this look like? Well, I think of three things. This isn't the end all, but I think of three things. I think of everyone in this room, if I had to say, if everyone in this room could have a Paul and a Jonathan, a Paul and a Jonathan in their life. I'm gonna add one more in a second, but a Paul and a Jonathan. What is a Paul? Paul would be as Paul was to Timothy. It's someone that's a mentor, someone that's older, someone that's seasoned, that has experience, that has been through life, maybe even been through some of the very things you've been through. It's someone that you can look up to and say, I, I need help. I'm trying to make a decision. I need some wise counsel. Can you help me using your experience and your knowledge of me help navigate me through this situation? A Jonathan... Okay, Jonathan comes from the, the illustration of Jonathan and David in the relationship that they had as they walked together through life as close as two brothers could be. They weren't brothers, but they almost as brothers. And as they navigated life and as they looked out for each other and they protected each other, even in circumstances that were a little crazy and didn't make sense. We all need someone like that. A, um, a male with a male, a female with a female, that's important as well, that could walk with you through life, that you could say, hey, I'm thinking about making this decision, what do you think? And they could go, whoa, and I, I love you're excited about that, but listen, I know you. I think this could be a problem. I think this could be dangerous, or this looks incredible. I think we should slowly move forward. This looks like a good thing. But your Jonathan is not just the person sitting next to you tonight. It's not someone you know across the room. It's someone that truly knows everything about you, that you open up with. It's not supposed to be a lot of people. It's one or two people like that in your life. Here's the third. 
I would say a Paul, a Jonathan, and then someone with special interests, okay? What's that mean? Well, think about it. If you're trying to make a decision in a career field of maybe uh, the medical field, right? Someone with experience in the medical field may be very helpful, unlike your Paul or your Jonathan, for that particular decision. So I would say keep your group small. I think I'm jumping ahead here. Yeah, let's, 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 let's stay focused, Chad. Sorry. Relax. Okay. Here's what we need to do. A couple of thoughts. We'll get to that one in a minute. Here's number one. In this realm of seeking wise counsel, here's the first. I'm going to go through these quickly. If you write down, this will be good. You have to ask for it. Seeking wise counsel, you have to ask for it. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong. There are people in the world that will gladly tell you everything that they think about you. Those are probably not the people you want in this category. Okay? Typically with your wise counsel, you are going to approach them most of the time because they just won't know what's going on. You're going to have to present yourself to them so that they could understand. But also remember, when someone tells you what to do when you don't ask, it usually rubs you the wrong way. Uh, we deal with this with parents, okay, with moms. When another mom says, oh, well, you should probably try that. And the mom, even if it was the most genius idea the other mom will look at the other mom and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you stick to your kid. I'll stick to my kid. Right? It's just something about people telling you what to do when you don't ask for it that tends to rub us the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. It can be helpful at times. So what we're looking for is this is something that you initiate. So that's the first thought in wise counsel. Number two, don't get too much advice. You don't need 20 plus people. Okay, you need a Paul type, maybe a Jonathan type, maybe someone with a special interest in the field, and your parents would always fall in that category depending on how they are in their life and their walk with the Lord. You want to be careful there. But the idea is those few people would be your go-tos in the decision-making process. Otherwise, if you got up at underground and let's just say, hey, I'm going to have a poll, guys. I'm not sure what to do. Can we all just vote? You're gonna get two different answers, right, most of the time, and it's gonna muddy the water, it's gonna become confusing, and what you're gonna find is it's not very helpful, actually. So you wanna get the people closest to you. You don't wanna have too many, you wanna have just enough that can help you navigate that decision. Here's number three. Be subjective in sharing the decision factors, okay? Let me translate this. Let's say you had a decision to go to college either here or there, school A or school B. Now, you really want to go to school A, but school B is an option too. When you're sharing the details, you're going to say, well, school A has this, 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 and school B has, well, this and this, right? Because you really want to go to school A, and so you're hoping your wise counsel will jump on board with what you're thinking, or maybe it's a relationship. I'm sorry, we went there. And you really like this person, and so you don't share all the details about how they're abusive and all these things. I'm just kidding. That was extreme. But you leave some things out, and you highlight the positives, right, because you want them to like them. But the truth is, if you were subjective and you shared all the details, that person could give you better counsel on if this is someone you should move forward with or not. See how this works? So when you're sharing the details, when you're truly seeking wise counsel in the decision-making process, you want to make sure that you unfold both sides fairly so so that your wise counsel can be helpful in that decision-making process. Another thing, just a little side note to think about underneath this point, uh, don't lead with God told me to do this, because as soon as you say that your wise counsel's like, well, I ain't interrupting what God said, go for it, hope it works out. Even though in their mind, they might be saying, man, I really see trouble there, but if the Lord told you to, I guess I'm just gonna trust. So don't lead with that, say, I feel like the Lord's leading me this way, 
but I really need some help in confirming or denying that. Can you help me with that? That opens the door for your wise counsel to really be able to step in. Here's the last point or the last thought in this. If you ask, be willing to put it in action. Okay, now listen. A lot of you jokers, meaning all of underground for the last nine years, 10 years, listen, I cannot tell you how many people have come up to me and said, I need to talk. And I love this. I'm not identifying any one person, all of you. Just kidding. I met a guy, and I am, he is amazing. He opens every door. He paid for the first date. He always smiles at everyone. He calls me every night. He always says, I love you. Weird. He does all of these great things. He's so kind. He has a relationship with his family. He goes to church. I don't know how much. I don't know when, but I know there's a church and this and a lot. And I think he reads his Bible because I saw that it didn't have a whole lot of dust on like my last book. And I'm just looking at all these things and I just think he's incredible. What do you think? I exaggerated a little bit. But they'll come to me and they'll ask for relationship advice. And I will look at the situation because that's what I do. I don't have any feelings. My wife tells me, I got no feelings. I could care, I could care less. I'm looking at the real raw details. Sorry, that fool's a bozo. And you need to let that go. You need to drop that fool like a hot rock today. And they'll look at me and be like, you just don't understand. You're too old. Or as Candace reminded me once a while back, you just tell everyone to break up. So no one ever comes to you for advice anymore. Because I'm right. I'm telling you what. Are you kidding me? Listen, I'm sorry if you're sitting next to him right now. I'm gonna go. Most of you have needed to break up with whoever it was that you were dating. Oh, but you don't understand. You know what happens? And I'm making light of this because I want you to see the point, but I, I'm, I am being serious. So you know what happens almost every time? Almost every time, because I, I mean it. When I say I give you honest advice, it really is. It's, it's not because I like one person or the other. It's just the truth. What I see the best I can, and what happens is most of the time they'll come back and say, you were right. They'll hide a few things because they don't want me to be totally right because I understand, but they will say, you're right. I wish I had listened to you. I wish I had listened to you. Okay, no, don't get me wrong. I do get things wrong. Please hear me that clearly. But so many times, it's because it's always the same, guys. After nine years of watching relationship after relationship unfold, trust me, I see patterns. And so oftentimes I can see from a mile away, man, there's, there's danger there. You should be careful. And sometimes it works out and I'm wrong and I just say, man, that's awesome. Then it must have been meant to be if it could pass all of that. But for most people, you jump in, you get excited, you're not seeing clearly, you're just head over heels, you're in love and everything just seems great. But the truth is there's so many red flags, but you just can't see them because you're a little blinded. And so at the end of the day, what you got to remember is if you're going to come to someone and ask for advice, you got to make sure you're coming willing to listen, not just hear. Right? Of course, you can hear all the things and it can all pounce off you and you can listen to all the podcasts and listen to marriage counseling and even call Oprah if you want. But if you're not willing to listen, that wise counsel is invaluable to you. It has, it has no value to you. It has no value to you whatsoever. Now, listen. I'm not saying every person's right, and I'm definitely not saying that I'm always right. But if you're going to come ask for help, be ready to swallow what it is they have for you. Because what they have for you, listen, if you're asking the right people, they're not worried about your feelings. They're worried about your life. They're worried about your future. 
And listen, if you come up to one of your good friends and they tell you, I think this girl is not good for you, you should listen because they probably know you best. And it's not because they're jealous. It's because they truly want the best for you. Or if you think, I I'm going to do this, I'm going to leave this to go here or make this decision, and they say, you should just proceed with caution. Listen, because our wise counsel is who? It's the people that we've allowed to know us best. I believe, I believe we should bring back where parents decide who you marry. It's not just because I have a daughter. Not at all. <laughs> I think the Bible had that. I think the Bible had everything right, be clear. But above other things, I think it had that right. Do you know why? Because your parents don't get butterflies. Your parents could care less about feeling. They can look at you and look at that person and say, that looks like someone that can take care of you, that's gonna provide for you, that's gonna love. Do you know that in the South Asian, uh, South Asian, South Indian Asian cultures, they still do this to an extent? And you know what, this is fascinating. I've actually talked to people current, current day that have this. You know what they say? The difference is we don't fall in love and get married. We get married and then fall in love. And I thought, I hear you back there. I got you. And I'm thinking, oh, people need to hear that. I said, now granted, listen, I'm not saying you should marry some hobo off the street and be like, I'm gonna fall in love with you after we get, I, I mean, there's some wise counsel here. But the truth is, it's about being subjective. It's about being able to look at the raw, honest truth because what, come, what comes in the future truly does matter. Okay, let's table relationships. Let's move on. Okay, here's some quick thoughts because the truth is some of you are going to become Jonathan's and maybe even Paul's in people's life, if not, if not now, but down the road. I want to give you a few thoughts as well for sharing wise counsel, for giving advice to people. Here's a couple thoughts. Number one, let them come to you. Let them come to you. All right. Uh, I'm what we call the lion personality. I have no problem stepping in your mess and letting you know what's going on, even if you didn't ask. But the truth is, most people are not receptive. But if I let them come to me, I know that they're most likely ready to hear what, what I have to say. And so let them come to you. It will make your advice giving much more effective. Number two, treat the fact that they chose to come talk to you with great respect. What does that mean? Don't be flippant. Don't just say whatever and, oh, I don't have time for this. I'll have to deal with that later. But take, take to heart that they took time to ask you something. Take that with great respect and try to respond accordingly. And what that may mean is, you know what? I can't answer that right now. I, I got to think about that. I got to pray about that because I'm not sure. I don't want to just say, sure, you should marry him. I mean, I want I want to think about that a little bit. Let me process that. So be sure you take that with great respect. And by doing so, take your time, which leads to the third thing. And that is speak only what Jesus would speak, okay? Oftentimes, God's going to use you as a mouthpiece for him. And so don't just go, yeah, man, she's cute. You should totally marry her. That's not, nowhere in the Bible does it say that, ever, nowhere, right? Use, use, use the Bible, think about the Lord, think about if, if the Lord was gonna say this, what do I feel like the Lord is leading me to say? And if you don't have an answer, don't say anything yet, buy yourself time because the Lord may very well be using you as the one and only mouthpiece for him that that person is willing to listen to. So we take it with great respect and we do our very best to only speak the things that we feel Jesus is leading us to speak because it could very well be part of the trajectory of their life. And there may be some times where you go, man, that's above me. 
I'm not sure I can answer that. So let me give you a thought, but you need to be careful with what I'm saying. You need to seek the Lord. That's important. And finally, be subjective in your advice. Be subjective in your advice. I see this all the time. Uh, when, you, when a kid will go to mom or will go to a best friend and they start telling the story and you, you empathize with them because you care about that person. And you start leaning in because you want them to feel better, not worse. And, am I right? And sometimes you start leaning in so much that you actually give advice that's not very good, but you just didn't want to hurt their feelings or you didn't want to make it touchy. When the truth is, even though they were hurting, they really needed to hear that what was happening needed to happen or, for instance, or something like that. And so be very careful when you're giving advice that you don't get too caught up in who is there in front of you, but rather really process the situation and tell Tell the truth. Sometimes the best thing that could ever happen to us is to hear the thing that's hardest to hear because it always hurts less now than later. And I don't know about you, but I hate looking back and going, I wish I'd told them something different. I wish I'd said something. I wish I'd taken more time. I wish I knew more about the situation. So those are just some quick thoughts about giving advice. Here's the last point, last key principle I want to give you just really quick. Do what Jesus did. This is back to us in making decisions. What does this mean? Well, the most important decision that we can see through Scripture that Jesus made on his time on this earth as our example is the Garden of Gethsemane. Let me read this to you. Matthew 26, 38 says this. Then he said to them, my soul, he's speaking to the disciples, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me and go a little further And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You remember this? This is right before the cross. This is right before Jesus is gonna be taken into custody, have a, a, a lame excuse of a trial. He would be beaten half to death and then he would be hung on the cross until he died. And right before that, Okay, Jesus being the son of God, knowing everything that was about to happen, this was his prayer to the Lord. And what did he say? If there's any other way, if there's not, your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. Listen, here's what he did. He, big word, consecrated himself before God. Here's the definition of that, in case you were wondering. To devote to a purpose. Jesus devoted his life to the purpose of God, just like you and I have to do with our own. And in the decision-making process, if our verbiage is not, Lord, whatever you wish, I will do, be careful, because you might find yourself in trouble. Because oftentimes it's, Whatever I want, hopefully the Lord will confirm. And really it needs to be, Lord, whatever you wish, that's what I'll confirm. Because my life is yours. My life is yours. And I know if you created me, if you have a plan for me, why would I want to do anything away from that? I want to be linked up with you because you're the one that put me here with the purpose. And so what Jesus did is the same thing that you and I do. It's the picture of we consecrate ourselves. We set ourselves aside for a purpose, and that purpose is the purpose in which God has put in your life. 
And every decision we make, and particularly the big ones, have to line up under that umbrella. Lord, whatever you would do, you want me to date him or her? I'll do it. If not, I won't. You want me to take this job? I will. If not, I won't. You want me to go on this mission trip? You want me to say yes to this? You want me to do that? Serve here, go here, work here, quit now. Whatever you want, Lord, I just want to fulfill the purpose that you have for me. But man, do we not get so caught up thinking about what we want and hoping it lines up with God. Oh, hopefully she will be the one God has for me. And that's not how we go through life. Hopefully this degree, when I finish, will get me a lot of money and God's gonna say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I mean, our view sometimes is so jacked up. And so what we have to do is get in a place where we say, Lord, as you wish. I'm going to just keep on walking. Like we said, I'm going to just keep on walking as you wish, as you wish. What did Jesus do? He went to the cross, didn't he? He went to the cross. Why do we call it the passion of the cross, the passion of the Christ? Because he went with zeal. He went with purpose. He went with a heavy heart, but he did it because he knew it was what God was calling him to do. And he did it with passion because he wanted it to line up with the purpose in which God had placed him in that very moment. And if you and I could make decisions based on that kind of following of the Lord, I'm telling you, our decisions get a lot easier and they become way more effective. Your degree that sounded good because it might make you a lot of money all of a sudden becomes a field in which you're studying that God could use you to maybe possibly even change the world. It's a totally different ball game. But it all comes under the umbrella of, Lord, as you wish. And here's the thing. A lot of us do this with exceptions. We say, Lord, I, whatever you wish, as long as it's kind of over here. Okay? So let's think about college for a minute. So, and I'm, I know some of you are already done, but you got out of high school and you thought, okay, Lord, I'll go wherever school you want, just not in Texas. Just not in Texas. Like, I want to be away from my parents. But if you could send me to Maine... You can send me to Oklahoma, Florida, Hawaii, 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 okay. Wherever you want, Lord, just not in Texas. And so you've created an exception. But here's the thing. What you and I don't realize is that what could be waiting for you in Texas may be the very thing. By the way, that's always a good place to start in Texas. Anyway, could be the very thing he needs you to experience. So I think about Sarah. When Sarah was getting ready to go to college, you know where she wanted to go? Baylor, she wanted to go to Baylor. Her heart was set. She had some other school, but at the end of the day, it was Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. There's one, yeah, I got you. Baylor, but there was a problem. There were some finance issues with the family. Couldn't do it right away. Had to stay home. All the friends went away to Lone Star. I mean, all went to Baylor, and she had to stay at Lone Star. She stayed here. She went for a whole year here. Listen. Now, she was good because she's a unique specimen in this world. And so it didn't bother her too much. But I'll tell you what, watching all her friends leave and knowing she had to hang back, it did bother her a little bit. And I remember, I remember her telling me the story. I didn't know her then, telling me the story about how frustrated she was, but she was okay because it was going to be okay. She was going to end up there one day. You know what she found at Lone Star? Do you know what she found? Not Jesus, me. That's right, baby. That's right. She could have gone to Baylor and got stuck with one of you bozos. But no, no, no. Because 
She stayed where God needed her to stay for, I, 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 I think the Lord literally kept her here so that we would meet because we weren't meeting that baby. Let's just be honest. I wasn't going to make it, okay? I think the Lord linked it up so that that could happen. And then you know what she did that next year? She took off the Baylor. She graduated school. She finished college in three and a half years. Dedication. Make a note. So you never know. You never know what obscure plan or what obscure turn you might have to take on your journey. But making decisions to trust and follow the Lord, I'm telling you, that is where the gold is. And it may never look like you think, but oh, when you look back, you go, she'll tell you. She didn't really care too much for her Lone Star days. It's a good school, by the way. But she didn't care for it too much because she wanted to be at Baylor. But you know what she found? She found her future husband. She was okay with that. She also found a church, this church, that she got to start plugging into. And she got to come home to when she finished school. And she had a home church that she's been in every year since. God can do a lot in the little misdirections, at least that look misdirections to us. Don't ever forget that. Last little thing. In making little decisions, can I just say this quickly? We talk about big decisions a lot, but there's some little decisions in life that we make, like every day, about 35,000 of them. Here's a thought. If you would set a few little life focuses, I was gonna say goals, but let's just stick with life focuses. A few little life focuses, it'll help your little decision making to be easier. So here's an example. Couple for me, number one. I've decided in the last few years, I really want to be, to be healthy and I wanna stay healthy. So now things are adjusted according to that. Now don't get me wrong, I don't eat salads and vegetables all the time, but I eat differently because I know that it affects my health. I have scheduled time to go work out because I gotta do it. If I don't schedule it, I ain't going. But I've made a priority to adjust my schedule to allow that time to happen, okay, so that I can be healthy. My sleep schedule, I have a pretty rigid sleep schedule, the best that I can, whatever I can control, all because I wanna be healthy. So I've made a life focus, which makes some of my little decisions a lot easier. Should I eat that or not? Well, it's not really gonna help me accomplish my little life focus, so I'm gonna put that aside, I'm gonna eat this. Should I go to bed now or watch one more show? No, I'm gonna go ahead and go to bed because I wanna get rest. Should I go work out or, or stay home and do nothing? No, I wanna go work out because it's part of, see, it's little decisions, little tiny ones, but because I have a big life focus in this area, it makes those little decisions a lot easier and a lot more natural. Here's another one. Uh, I wanna be sure that I live out what I preach to you on this stage. I don't want to be the guy where you're like, man, he's great on Thursday night, but don't, don't see him the other six days of the week because it's like a whole nother. I don't want to do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not perfect. I would never claim to be. But I'm telling you, anytime I preach something, I try really hard to ingrain that in my mind and to make sure that I'm living out what I'm saying to you so that I could be not just a good example from the stage, but also in life. And so my decisions are affected by that. The, way, the things I say, the way I talk to people, even how I drive. The things that I do on the weekends, they're all shaped by that little life focus and it's made those decisions so much easier. Another one is my family. I want my family to be a priority. Even though I have a crazy hectic schedule, I still want them to be a priority. So I factor time in, it's easy. You call me on a Saturday afternoon to go do something, I'm probably not gonna do it. Just write it down, it's just not gonna happen. This is not gonna happen because that's a family day for me unless there's something uncontrollable that gets in the way. You see how this works? So it's little life focuses that help the little decisions become easier because I have some bigger goals that I may mean towards. So just a quick thought on life decisions. Now, to end this, let me just say, God has given you, whether you realize it or have seen it or not, God's put some great people in your life that have wisdom and experience. I wanna encourage you to build those relationships. Build them up. Build them up 
so that God can use those people to help direct you in your life. And then finally, listen, just follow the Lord. Just follow the Lord. Just say, I want that to be my priority. Jesus left us a great example. It is all throughout this word. He has left the way. He has paved the way for you and I, even in the decision-making process. Set yourself aside for the purposes of God and watch as those decisions begin to grow into something fruitful rather than a regret you're going to have to get forgiveness for and start back over. That's what happens when we follow the Lord. And I'm telling you, he loves you so much. He wants you and I to make those wise decisions so that we can truly make an impact on this world. But it starts one decision at a time.